Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, and my co-host is Justin Baker, and we are jumping right in, continuing our series on the top 10 players for every franchise across the National Hockey League, and today we are on the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Minnesota Wild. Uh, we'll start with the Penguins, and uh, you know, of course, we'll uh, roll on into the Minnesota Wild, the team that has not been around for nearly as long, and if you're thinking maybe we'd include some past Minnesota team players. No, we're going to lump the North Stars in with the Dallas Stars. But uh, if you want to go check out the previous teams that we've done, we've done at this point we've done, I think, eight other teams, right? Yep. So I'm not going to list off all the teams because that's like a third of the team, fourth of the teams in the league. Uh, but go back, check our old episodes. They should be the last four in the list, and you can uh, you can listen to those. We've got the Red Wings and the Blackhawks and the Bruins. Uh we never Among, did the Blackhawks, but oh, we didn't do the no. Blackhawks. Oh, we did. Oh, oh, I'm for some reason I'm thinking Chris Chelios. We, I know we did. We Chris talked Chelios, about him, yeah. But he he's a part of uh, of the Red Wings. All right, well, let's dive right into the Pittsburgh Penguins. And uh, just as a refresher, we, as we do these lists, they uh, just have to have played one season for the for that team in order to be considered for the list. So Minnesota Wild maybe more likely for a a guy with. Fewer games played to be a part of the list. The Pittsburgh Penguins, they've, they've had a couple good players over the years, so oh, maybe a little less likely. <laughs> so uh, with that said, Justin, any just missed that you want to share with us? Yeah, yeah. I would love to share them with you, Mark. Thank you. And our listeners. Um, for me, a couple guys, uh, no goaltenders this time on my just missed. They actually made my list. So uh, oh, Well, Ken, that means Ken Reggett is on your list? Dude, he, oh, he sh- might be top five. What's that? <laughs> He's on your just missed. Yeah, no, well, not he's, even that. He's, he's not been. on any list. Um, Phil Kessel, Kevin Stevens, and Mark Recke were three guys that made my just missed. Okay, yep, yep. None, none of those guys made my list either, and I I kept Rick Kehoe off the list uh, despite being a good player for the Penguins in the when they you know, from their existence essentially. Pretty much. Uh, <clears throat> that team was just not good. So, <laughs> well, they weren't good. I didn't. I didn't Although. I will give him this little little nod. In 722 games, playing in the 70s and the 80s, he had 88 penalty minutes in 722 games. That well, guy's had that many in one phenomenal. season. Phenomenal. I mean, Mario Lemieux over the course of his career, 915 games. You don't think of him as it's not like he was a fighter or anything. 834 penalty minutes. I mean, he almost had a penalty minute every game. So yeah, that's a penalty every other game. Whereas. This guy, I mean, Rick Kehoe had a, maybe a penalty every like fifteen games, if that. That's yeah. that's impress that's impressive for for anybody. Uh, so just thought I'd give him the little tip of the cap for that. And uh, I also have Joe Mullen on my just missed list. Ooh, yeah, forgot about him. Sometimes there, there's a lot of good good Pittsburgh Penguins players, and you know you're looking at it, and you're like, well, I mean, Joe Mullen, he played 379 games as a Penguin. Um. Who like Martin Straka? He didn't make my list. He played 560 games for the Penguins. Uh, there's just been a couple fan fantastic teams that have played for you know the Penguins have had great teams at some at certain points. So it's hard to ignore those teams in comparison to like an early 2000s Penguins team where you know maybe Mar- Martin Straka would definitely be on the Minnesota Wilds list. If uh, if he had played for them and done what he did, four hundred and forty-two points in five hundred and sixty games, but he's he doesn't make that list because you know he just I there's too many guys ahead of him, too many guys. 
All right. Well, with that said, you are number 10. Yeah, number 10, a guy made your just missed, Rick Kehoe. Um, and it's more or less, yeah, he, he played on some terrible Penguin teams, teams that didn't really have a lot of success. But he is up there in terms of points for this franchise, number five all time. And I think uh, being on a crappy team and still, I shouldn't say crappy team, but being on some pretty pretty below average teams there in the, uh, the early 70s and still the longevity, um, the production he still had. And then, of course, love the penalty minute fact, too. That's a great little tidbit. But, yeah, so... 11 years with Pittsburgh, and he makes my list. Okay. Uh, my, my one guy, he, he played a few less games than some of these guys, but uh, I think he was, outside of Yermir Yager, the best player on the Pittsburgh Penguins in the early 2000s when he was when he was there and uh, was, was a really underrated player throughout his career. Uh, almost averaged a point per game, and that's Alexei Kovalev. Ooh, yeah, I thought about him too. Um, but now uh, less points and less games than Martin Straka. Uh, and they, they actually like at times they played together. Same with like Robert Lang. I think they were all kind of there at the same time. I just feel like Alexei Kovalev was the best player that was there. And when Yager left, when he went to the Rangers, I, I'm trying, I was trying to remember exactly when, uh, Alexei Kovalev played for the Pittsburgh Penguins. It was in, yeah, the late, late nineties into the early two thousands. So yeah, Yager was still there. Um, he put up a 95-point season, but always was scoring uh, big goals for the Penguins. Not necessarily a time when they were winning tons of games. And he did come back for uh, one one last hurrah, 20 games in 2010-11. Uh, but he also, you know, for the Penguins, he had some good playoffs too. I mean, he had a, in 98-99, he had 12 points in 10 games. In 2000-2001, he had 10 points. So some decent playoffs for them. And, uh, yeah, so Alexi Kovalev, my number 10. Who's your number okay. nine? Number nine, uh, probably one of the better defensemen of all time, uh, at least one of the highest-scoring defensemen of all time, Paul Coffey. Okay. Yeah, a guy who, you know, ultimately won championship with the the Penguins and then got traded to L.A. in the mis- middle of the second run, um, yep. which yep. kind of sucks. I mean, if you really think about it, like, it's, it's hard enough to trade away a guy of his caliber, let alone... Like you're, well, he went to play with Gretzky, right? That's right, he did. But I mean, you're you just you're getting off a Stanley Cup championship. I mean, what so. a what a life! You go, you're playing with Gretzky, and then you go and you play with Lemieux, and you're like, I want to play with Gretzky, right? <laughs> you go play with Gretzky, and you go, I want to play with Iserman, and you go play with Iserman, right? And bat the puck in the net. Still hate that, but uh, yeah. So, anyways, Paul Coffey, we we know how good this guy really is, and uh, the offensive totals speak for themselves. So for me, he comes in at number nine. Yeah, uh, higher on my list, so we'll we'll see him in a minute. Uh, my number nine is actually one guy that surprised me that I was putting him on this list. Okay, it's Chris Kunitz. Really? Yes. I'm actually really surprised. I mean, I looked at him, but I'm like, uh, you know what? He was never really the offensive dynamo where a lot of no. these guys on the list are. I I I feel like because of his impact. To Sidney Crosby, he was he was at one point he was like the only guy who could play with Crosby. That's very true. It was Chris Kunitz and Sidney Crosby plus a, you know, a third wheel. They still can't find anybody to play with Crosby, really. Yeah, who can, I mean, who has the IQ and the speed to keep up with them? Yeah, I mean, Kunitz well, was never fast. But. Well, and the the reason is because you have I think you know you you think of, of course the superstars, and and really I mean Sidney Crosby was the best player in the game. I mean. 
for some some people, he might still say he's the best all around player in the game. Uh, we'll, we'll put him up there. He's definitely in the top five to ten somewhere in there, if not top three. So uh, currently, he currently. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he still top hasn't. Fought, yeah, he's he's still unbelievable. But he is the greatest grinder of all time. That that is, I've I've always stood on that. That Sidney Crosby is not like. He's not like Connor McDavid, where he's just crazy fast and can just blow by guys, and he can. Uh, his skating is what is is allowing him to do it. He's a he's a great skater. He's also a great. He can shoot. He can he can pass. He's it's. But I don't think that he is necessarily the absolute best at one of those things. Like, let's go Alexander Ovechkin. He is the best shooter in the National Hockey League. Like he's the best goal scorer in the league. Sidney Crosby not the best goal scorer. Is he the best passer? No. Is he the, like what is he? He's just always in the right place at the right time. And I remember early on in his career, a lot of Red Wings fans being from Detroit and they hated Sidney Crosby. They're like, the guy's so lucky. You know, like, oh, he's so lucky. No, he's not lucky. He literally just knows where to be all the time. So an unbelievable down low player. And normally with a superstar, you need a player who is equally as fast or equally as skilled to be able to do but Sidney Crosby, he worked hard down low. He was so, his lower body so freaking strong that he needed another guy who was also really strong and had good hands. And that's why that's why Chris Kunitz worked so well. Same with Bill Guerin, actually. Bill Guerin worked really well with Sidney Crosby for sure. He had period. a really good yeah. shot, and he was willing to go into the corners. Wow. Okay. Uh, so Chris Kunitz to me is a. Like I think without Chris Kunitz, I wonder if Pittsburgh maybe has one less Stanley Cup. I believe it. I think he was very key in in you know those at, runs at least for that sure. 2009 team. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm not going to say that he necessarily like tipped the scales so for so far in 2016 or 17, but definitely that 2019. No, but you need those guys. You need those guys. I mean, you look at I, the, the clear example for me is always Edmonton, right? I look at the, yeah. those guys. They've got their Sidney Crosby and Malkin there with with Drysaitel and McDavid, but unless you have that Kunitz guy there on the wing, you can't succeed. Work. Yep. So. And they tried to they tried to put Milan Lucic <laughs> with them. Didn't pan out. Uh. Uh, okay, you're number eight. Uh, number eight, Tom Barrasso. Okay. And I struggled with this one, I'll be honest with you. He missed my list. Yeah. I struggled with this one a little bit because statistically, it doesn't look very good. I mean, he, he averaged more than three goals against, you know, during the regular season, but being number two all-time wins, he had, you know, the cups to his names, and he had a lot of success. Now, maybe that has a lot to do with the team in front of him, but yes. still in the playoffs, his numbers weren't really that bad compared to regular season, so... Um, you know, for me, I, I I couldn't justify putting him any higher, but I think the longevity and the the success he had in the net, where they were confident to keep him there for so long and never really make a change, even though the numbers maybe weren't as great in the regular season, speaks to just what this team thought about him. So for me, yeah, number let, eight. Let's talk about. So he does have a Vesna Trova, not not with the Penguins. No, he has it with the Buffalo Sabers. He won it in his rookie season. He only played forty two games, and his save percentage is eight nine three. Yeah, for a Calder and All Star and a Vesna, it's it's weird to think that like goalies were that bad. Folks. That was a whole another era where like guys in the '80s just took off scoring, and I think goaltenders just really couldn't adjust in the stand up position, right? Because that's what goalies used to do. Now we have, you know, we either have your straight butterfly or you're doing a hybrid style 
of goaltending. And I think, you know, back then it was all stand up and guys didn't know, you know, how to butterfly out on the knees. Right. And so had they had they done that, I think there would have been a lot less goal scoring and maybe you wouldn't see so many two hundred well, you probably would have seen a two hundred point season out of Gretzky. But yeah, numbers would have been better. For I sure. mean, even in even in his third year in the league, he had a three six one goals against average and an eight seven nine save percentage. And he was ninth in Vesna trophy voting. Yeah, I mean the like, rest of the like league it just was, shows you how it shows you how how bad uh, goaltending was and like how high goal scoring was. I mean, think eighty seven, eighty eight with the Sabers again. I know it's with the Sabers, not the Penguins. Eight nine six save percentage, three three two goals against average. He was sixth in the Hart Trophy voting. Yeah, I think it was second Vesna. It like, was an era where offense and forwards just de- they developed and like they just went to a whole nother like a level in terms of play where goaltending wasn't catching up until right. you know the early 90s and i mean in in 89 90 with with granted a, a rough pittsburgh team his he had a 468 <laughs> goals against average i know <laughs> i i mean yeah i just he did play in the 80s i i do think that he is maybe an overrated goaltender overall he's had he had a, ni- a couple nice seasons with the sabers and i mean maybe Maybe guys would would speak differently about him, like from those actually actual teams. And I know that the gameplay was a little bit different. I mean, he. In fairness, in ninety two ninety three, they didn't win the cup, but Pittsburgh Pittsburgh was very favored to win the cup in ninety three as well. They were they they were ab- above and beyond the favorites. I mean, he won forty three games that year in sixty three attempts. So that's that, I mean, that's that's a nice season. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I, I can't fault you for having him on that list, but for me, Tom Barrasso just. I don't think that goalies were going to make or break you in the 80s. No, not at all. But I will say... Or not like early 90s? Even though he's on my list, I would probably never vote for him for a Hall of Famer. So no, He's not in the Hall of Fame. No, no, right? no he's yeah, not. Okay. But I'm just saying I would never vote for him to go in. Right, right. So Agreed. Yeah, I mean, he does... He uh, he has 369 wins. There, I mean, 100%. Chris Osgood should be in there ahead of Barrasso. Absolutely, and I still don't <laughs> think Osgood should be in there. Well, so. that's another argument we can have. <laughs> uh, okay, my number eight's Chris Letang. Okay, he's uh, my number seven. Okay, all right, yep, pretty pretty close together. Uh, the all-time leader in points for defenseman as a Pittsburgh Penguin. He's got uh, what 493. That's they actually correct. have him listed listed as Christopher Letang. So we'll refer to him as his Christian name, Christopher Latang. <laughs> uh, he, uh, yeah, I mean, not much, m- not much can be said in a negative light of Chris Latang. I mean, you can, you know, he's had some injuries towards the end of his, to like, in the last couple of years that have kind of uh, maybe lessened his impact with the Penguins. He did get a Stanley Cup ring with the Penguins in two thousand and seventeen, no sixteen, where he barely played. Right. Uh, 2017, he was a, a little more of a, a piece of that. Uh, but I mean, hey, he just—he's the highest scoring guy. He's played—he's played the most games as a defenseman in a Penguins uniform. And I think you know, if they were to go back to that draft, you'd probably still be perfectly happy taking Chris Letang. Oh yeah, when he's healthy, I mean, the guy is—he's one of the the better defensemen in the league. And I think the production yeah. and defensive yeah. side of the game speaks for it. I mean, he was taken in the third round. Was he really? Third, I forget about 62 that. Sixty-two overall. Oh actually, didn't know. I thought he was one of their first first round picks, uh, but no, no, that was Mark Andre. Yeah. So, 
Uh, yeah, Chris Letang, my number eight. So he's your number seven. Yes. My number seven is actually Marc Andre Fleury. Okay. Uh, I saw a lot of lists. Actually, I made. It's funny. I made this list. I just off the top of my head because there's obviously there's a few players that you're going to put on this list if you know anything about the Pittsburgh Penguins, and I I threw this in an order and I went and I looked and. A lot of people had Marc-Andre Fleury at like five, even four for some people. Uh, he is the all-time leader in wins. Uh, really, I mean, for all intents and purposes, any guy that's played a really significant amount of games, he's he's really second only to Matt Murray in terms of save percentage, which is baffling because Matt Murray seems to have struggled so hard that it seems like his numbers should be very low. His numbers were very good early on. Yes. And then they've sort of like roller-coastered yeah. since. And so... Yeah, I mean, we'll see over time, you know, you know, another, what, 400 more games for Matt Murray. Can he keep that up? So uh, impressive enough considering 600-plus games that Mark Andre's played. Oh, yeah, almost 700 games played for the Pittsburgh. Yeah, so good. So, I mean, you know what, what did surprise me is that there's only three goalies with more than 100 wins for the Penguins. Really? That did surprise me. But Yeah, that is shocking. You would, you would think with the success they've had in the 90s and, and recently, too, there'd be you know, at least some semblance of, I, I did notice one name that stood out to me and, uh, that was Greg Millen. He's actually one of the CBC, uh, color guys. He does, oh, really? he usually does the, the out West game on, on hockey night in Canada. Oh, no Greg kidding. Millen. So he played goaltender for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I feel like all those mm, around like between 50 and 60 year old color commentators like Darren Pang, Greg Millen, were there's a couple other, yeah. yeah, they were goalies. That's great. So. Detroit, the Fox Sports, both their color commentators, goalies. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's great. Uh, who's your number seven? Mine was Chris Letang. Okay. My number right. six is the flower. Okay. Yeah. So we just had him kind of bumped a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, my number six is Paul Coffey. Paul Coffey, okay. Who we already hit on. Uh, the reason I have him much higher, you had him at nine. I had him at nine, yeah. Uh, I think that he was probably the, you know, you, you talk about, You've got really, really talented players up front. And uh, when you have maybe the best offensive defenseman to ever play the game, at least in terms of his era. Uh, Definitely his era, yeah. I mean, he's you're talking taking Mario Lemieux and you make him better. Be, and there's I don't think there's too many guys that made Lemieux better, and I, I but I do think that Paul Coffey is one of them. Well, think about it. If you stuck... Uh, let's let's say Brett Burns or even Eric Carlson and stuck him with Connor McDavid. Yeah, how yeah. much better would that be? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I, I do have him higher. I mean, he and he also, uh, you know, other outside of of course, of course, Chris Letang is the all time leader in points, uh, but Paul Coffey averaged one point three two nine points per game. Like that's that's, that's insane impressive. for a defenseman. Yeah, and even for a forward, that's and we're insane. not talking like nineteen eighty three. I mean, we're talking the nineties. You know, the early 90s. He was only there for 331 games, but, uh, and he also scored 108 goals, which is, you know, basically one one out of every three games this defenseman's scoring. That's that's a pretty solid, uh, solid goal scoring total. So, uh, Paul Coffey, my number six. Okay. On to number five for me, Ron Francis. Yep. That's right where I slotted him as okay, well. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Almo- this- almost that guy who. The other four are just ahead of him. Right. Like the, he, sorry. <laughs> just yeah, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> and if he played there his whole career and had the numbers that he had, he'd be higher on the list. Not that much higher, though. Yeah, maybe not even higher at all. I, it's kind of hard with 
the, the guys in front of him, let's it, be honest. It is real hard. I mean, yeah, shoot. That's Ron Francis, though, was a, I, I mean, he might be, we're, we're talking about uh, Sidney Crosby talking about how underrated Ziggy Palfie was. And you want to talk about an underrated guy. I mean, he had almost 1,800 points. Yeah, that's freaking <laughs> impressive. In le- like he has, he averaged more than a point per game over the course of 1,700 games. Yeah. Even in his last year, he got traded from Carolina to Toronto. Now, in Carolina, he had 30 points in 68 games. He gets traded to Toronto. He's 10 points in 12 games. And that wasn't a very season. good Toronto team either. Uh, it was a team that was expected to do something Were they? more than what they did, I okay. think. Yeah. They, uh, I kind of forget about those early 2000 Toronto teams, to be quite honest. Yeah, they well, they, they went to the second round, I think. It looks like because he played 12 games. So it looks like probably the second round is okay. where they went. So. Well, good on him. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Ron Francis, number five, which means your number four is Malkin. Malkin. As Gino. Is there any reason why you might put... Now, okay, talk, talk to me about this. Because well, let's go to your number three. Who's your number three? I think you can probably guess. Is it Yager? It is Yager. Okay. Yeah. And then your number two is probably Crosby. It is. And your number one's Mario Lemieux. Obviously. I have that exact same order, which ironically is the order in which they have points in the all-time Penguins scoring list. Uh, Lemieux has a ridiculous amount of points. I mean, the guy almost has two points a game. If he hadn't <laughs> come back, if he hadn't come back from, you know, when he came back when he was yeah. older... Uh, he had uh, he was actually averaging more than two points a game, and then he came back and he dropped back to one point eight eight. Oh no! <laughs> oh dear! Uh, I still remember that little family photo where you had Mario standing up and Sid sitting down and like the arm on the shoulder. Yes, creepy yes. looking. Uh, it just cracks me up every time. Is there a like? Can Malkin jump Yager? Can Crosby jump Lemieux? I think Malkin can jump Yager. Okay, but that depends on the production we get in his thirties. You know, Yager into his you know, mid to late 30s was still a very productive player. And I think another reason why is, you know, for Malkin to be able to jump him, he he has a lot of alcoholics, right? I mean, he he has more Stanley Cups than Yager did with Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. Clearly. Um, Just, I mean, one more. Right. One. So not, two more. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. One more. One I'm more. sorry. He I was can't there count. for 91 Yeah, it's well. three and yeah. two. Right. So Malkin still has more Cups, but I think Malkin... You know, a lot of people give Malkin a little bit of a, I don't want to say they kind of downgrade him because they're like, oh, he's playing behind Sid all the time. So, of course, he's going to have success. Well, remember when Sid was hurt for like yeah. the entire year, and he, he came in better. and won in the heart. Yeah, he won the heart. Yeah, yeah. he dominated. You, so, know, you know, on the other side of it is those Pittsburgh teams, they were so good. But into the mid-90s, like once they, they won their two cups, and they were favorites to win the cup a lot. Like very regularly, they were favorites to win the cup. There were some damn good teams in that like i mean in the eastern conference you had to go up against the new jersey devils and they got stung by them and the new york rangers they got stung by them and the montreal canadians they got stung by them er- earlier i think they lot did they play the montreal canadians in the- i don't no. recall uh, uh anyways there, there were some other real nice teams in the i mean and then you're looking at you've got in the west you've got colorado you could have had to go against detroit dallas there, there were some excellent team buffalo was amazing i mean you have to face yeah. hashik all the time the, bye i i think that in the 90s things were much top more top heavy you Absolutely. didn't have a cap so you yes pittsburgh was a really good team but you had other 
amazing teams to go up against. Whereas now the, the playing level, the playing field is a little more even. So Pittsburgh winning those couple cups, it was like, well, like especially that 2016 team it wasn't that great of a team. They just, I mean, they changed their style of play, and they, I mean, they basically changed the face of the. Oh, NHL. hey, we can play fast. Okay, let's do yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, in a, it was like a playoff came, and they changed the NHL. The whole entire league was changed by that team. But that team wasn't necessarily. I mean, they were excellent. It's not taken away from anything that they did, but their competition maybe not as strong as what the Penguins what might have seen in the '90s when you were playing top-heavy teams. Sure. Just a thought in, in terms of who maybe Yager's going up against for those cups. So, well, okay. Um, but yeah, what does Crosby have to do to jump Lemieux? Is there anything he can do? I I I don't know. I think he has to get Philip his like Tom Brady esque like get a ton crap load more you know championships and and then blow open the point totals a little bit because I don't think I don't know if he'll catch Mario. I mean, it's possible. He could, uh, you know, given the way his career is going and still is, I think it's it is very possible he could collect another five hundred plus points. However, I still think when you look at the amount of games played Mario did and what he was able to do, I mean, you freaking one of the stats that just blew blew my mind. And I don't you really think about it, right? Because you know, growing up in our era, you you think about guys that do penalty killing, right? They're usually third, fourth line grinders, guys that you know take the shot, you know, sacrifice the body. And that's who Zetterberg killing penalties is like so foreign. Yeah. I mean, even when they were doing it, it was foreign, but Mario Lemieux leads Pittsburgh in shorthanded goals with 49 next closest 14. Yeah. The margin is ridiculous, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, Wayne Gretzky has the most shorthanded goals of all time. Like it, the guy yeah. killed penalties yeah. because they, and they weren't like, go kill the penalty. They were like, uh, just go score. Right. Go take the puck and, <laughs> go and score. beat everybody else skating. And, yeah. and same thing. Mario Lemieux leads this team in power play goals. And I think there's a lot of just crazy statistics that, you know, Mario is up there and oddly enough, Yager leads his team in game winning goals, but right. you know, whatever game winning goals is kind of random. Yeah, it is. You win five, one and you have to score the second goal. Right. You got a game winning goal. <laughs> yeah. So, and actually Chris Kunitz is up there. Top 10. Number six for game-winning goals for this team. Go. See? Told you. Boom. <laughs> told you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, to me, if he's going to jump him, let's let's say Crosby plays 1,500 games. He plays into his 40s or something. That's possible. And he's played for Pittsburgh. I mean, think about, I mean, we lost a season and a half of, like, prime Crosby. I mean, think about, I mean, that's, he probably lost out on what would be another Hundred, maybe hundred and fifty points at this point. We I'm lost that time, maybe more. We lost maybe some time more. though with Mario too. Let's we, not we forget. Did. Yes, we did. Yep, absolutely. Well, we lost a lot of time with Mario. He only right. played. He didn't even play a thousand games. Right. But what happens if if Crosby goes, even if he doesn't win another cup, he plays another five hundred games for the Penguins. He picks up another five hundred points, and he's like he's pushing Lemieux. Let's say they have the exact same amount of points at the end of their careers. And I guess if he were going to average 1.2 points per game over the course of 500, it would be more. Like he would probably only need to play about 420 more games. But so obviously he'd have, he'd have a lot more games played, but also played in a different era, especially early on in Crosby's career, where you know you're still kind of playing a little, a little bit of clutch and grab, not as not not much, but it's still the goal scoring was still down. Yeah, in comparison, for yeah. sure. But as goal scoring goes up right now, maybe Crosby has a chance to, to 
Yeah, pull maybe. In. We'll, we'll see. It'd be interesting. But yeah, it, it's real tough to to consider putting him above Lamar. It is hard. But if he play, but the longevity is a thing. Like if he plays another eight years for the Penguins, let's say, or like five or six or something, then he's played a lot longer for the Penguins and won more cups. And he's playing in an era where you're more exposed. So like, yeah, people love Lemieux. Also, Lemieux's the owner. That helps him out. But I think maybe Crosby could could bump him. Yeah, he's got to he's got to really really kick it into another level. Yeah, well, okay, uh, that's our Pittsburgh Penguins list. Uh, if you think we're crazy and you, we should have something different, hit us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. Uh, let's continue with the Minnesota Wild. And uh, we'll go to, I, I think, definitely a, uh, a little harder to have a just-miss list because there's maybe a couple players who we would be considered not even, I don't know, superstar-ish kind of players. And then it kind of drops off into, hey, how long have you played here and and what kind of points did you pick it up? So obviously not the same kind of history. Still some really nice players on this list. Uh, I'll start with my just missed. I have uh, Jared Spurgeon on my just missed list. Okay. I think a guy who, if he continues to play for the Wild for a a good period of time, I think there's a chance that he he maybe moves up. Um, You know, I for a while, I think if Nino Niederreiter hadn't been traded and he had been he had been deployed properly by this this team. I think that Nino Niederreiter could have been on this list, but he's he's missing it because I think ultimately the way that it ended is kind of more like, I hope you become one of the best Carolina Hurricanes of all time. <laughs> because just like in your face, I mean, just like the Islanders traded him. So, ooh, that hurts. Um, and that that was that was about it. I mean, I thought about. I mean, Brent Burns popped in my mind, but he definitely didn't do anything significant for the wild in terms of like putting up big numbers or anything. So no, not on my list. All right. Well, my just missed, uh, I've got Brian Rolston, a guy, a lot of people don't ever really think about as a, uh, as a Minnesota wild player. Yeah, he kind of played there towards the end. He, yeah. I think he was actually taken in the expansion draft. If was I he? I can't remember. Honestly, uh, Matt Dumba, he made my just missed just because I think this guy, again, kind of like how you, you know, rationalize with Spurgeon. I think if, you know, you know, over the next five, you know, six, seven years, however long, he he's got the talent and the ability to to crack this list, no problem. Um, and then a guy whose career ended a little bit short, who I think probably could have been a good goaltender. Um, you know, he showed flashes, but was constantly um, injured, and you know, because the MS. But Josh Harding, yeah. So uh, Brian Ralston wasn't taken in the expansion draft. He okay. was, I believe, he was signed by the Wild after the lockout. In Maybe that was it. Okay. Uh, he did have one of the best wild seasons with uh, 34 goals and 79 points Yeah, for, for Brian. Pretty nice. Also. So, yeah, nice little player. Um, okay. So who is your number 10 on this list? Number 10. Uh, it's a guy who just cracked their top 10 in all-time scoring, which is hard to think about considering the amount of trade rumors that goes around with this guy's name. Const- I mean, it seems like the last five years, every single trade deadline I hear this guy's name, but Charlie Coyle. For me, okay. um, a guy who, yeah, yeah, a very good power forward. I think he's well, he's he, on the Bruins now, so I know he is. But. <laughs> <laughs> so he, well, you're saying like, well, he was on the team. There was yes, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, was Let like, me just clarify. Well, he yeah. already got traded. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know if you remember that part, but he was <laughs> and he was he, very good for Boston. He too, was in the very good. Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry if I misspoke, but um, yeah, it had a lot of, you know, very good I, in terms of 
when you look at the team around him and um, the the lack of point producers he played with, I mean, he still managed to put up forty, you know, roughly forty points a season. I mean, he had one fifty six point, another forty, and then a bunch of like you know middle thirty fives. But this is a guy who I think I, I wanted more out of, and maybe the team just put him in a this role where he wasn't given the opportunity to produce. I think they they stuck him in like a middle six position. They're like, hey, go out there and prove it to us. Well. You don't have anybody to play with, so figure it out, right? And then they they bury him on the third line, and then all of a sudden Granlin, you know, starts producing, and he's bumping up, and Zucker starts getting a little bit better, and all these guys are just moving up around him, and Minnesota's still looking at this guy like, what are you doing? We're not going to give you the opportunity because all these other guys are playing better, so figure it out. And then eventually they trade him, so... Yeah, my, my knock on him, 91 goals in 479 games. He really didn't do much in the goal-scoring no, spot. only one twenty goal season, and I, and I, I mean, I as much as I liked him in the playoffs, it was for a different team, and uh, he he I, I thought oh Charlie Coyle, now nah, he's like a third line guy to me, maybe a second borderline second, so I, I left him off my list. Uh, my number ten though is a goaltender. Ooh, it is Nicholas Backstrom. My number nine. Your number nine. Okay, yeah. So I, I mean, I, he was he was kind of the guy before Devin Dubnik got there, and. Uh, I mean, he's he's the all-time leader in wins. He's got 194, and you know, played 409 games for this organization, and uh, was always just solid. I don't I don't know if you'd ever look at him and say, "Yep, like that's the guy." He's he's unreal. I mean, he he put up he put up good numbers. He, no, he was never one of those guys where you're like, he's one of the top goaltenders in the league. But you felt safe with him back there, right? You never really worried. You're like, oh crap, you know, he's gonna, you know, is he gonna have right. a good season? Right. Like like constantly, I think. You know, Martin Jones right now, he's in that situation where people are like, crap, what kind of goaltender are we going to get next year? You never really thought that about Nicholas Backstrom. Yeah. Yep. Good, good, solid goaltender. And for a team with uh, with very little to offer from like an offensive standpoint, it's hard. Not, it's hard to ignore goaltenders at that point, because if you if you think when the especially when the wild were first in the league. Uh, and maybe even the first 10 years or so, which Backstrom, I think, was he started there in 0506. They were a hard trapping team. I mean, when they went to the conference finals, remember they played the Anaheim Ducks. I guess they were the Mighty Ducks at the time when the Ducks went to uh, the finals against New Jersey in 03. The the Wild were a tremendous trapping team. Like it was like the Ducks were playing the New Jersey Devils that didn't have good players on their team. Right. Uh, so yeah, they definitely helped their goaltenders a lot in that in that respect too. So. Uh, Nicholas Backstrom, my number 10. Who's your number nine? Nicholas Backstrom. Oh, yeah, you said yeah. that. My number nine is Michael Granlund. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think Michael Granlund's, uh, he's the good Michael Granlund. That's a <laughs> good Michael Granlund. That's, uh, that's pretty much the way I see it. I mean, he's had some, he had some uh, good years with them. I mean, he had multiple 60-point seasons. And uh, I think in terms of this iteration of the Wild, the team that made the playoffs pretty much every year and was always eliminated in the first round by the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, you know, I, th- I think that he was an important part of that team. He had some good success regular season wise in the playoffs. Uh, he had a couple of okay years in the playoffs, and, but nothing, definitely nothing to write home about. Not a great playoff guy, but the Minnesota wild really haven't done much in the playoffs since 2003. So it's hard to, it's hard to make that a comparable on, on the list, but uh, yeah, I think Michael Granlin, he's sixth all time in wild scoring. So makes sense to have him on there. Okay. I respect it. 
Uh, all right. For my number, what do I want? Eight. Number eight. A guy who is eighth all time in scoring, Jared Spurgeon. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is a guy who I think is just now getting into his prime. Unfortunately, it's when he turns 29 now, um, you know, which you, which I think Minnesota fans maybe had hoped it would have been a few years earlier. Um, but yeah, this, I, I think now he's proven himself. He can be a top pairing guy. I think when Suter was out for most of last year, he stepped in, filled the role and he and Matt when, Dumba look like they're going to be. Well, yeah. So Dumba's good. Yeah. <laughs> this is Dumba. <laughs> well, I know that, but, uh, and he also gets to play with Ryan Suter. Well, I know it's, that that never hurts either. But I think he he holds his own ground. I think he's still a quality quality D man. I I would Absolutely. be happy to have him, especially as a Wings fan. I think it'd be fantastic. I, I think he's a good number three who can three. slot up in the lineup when he plays with good players. Which Minnesota does have a nice defensive core. They do. They have some nice players back there. I can't fault you for. I mean, the fact that a def, a defenseman is in their top ten of scoring and he's there. You know, he's. Just, he is averaging 24 minutes a night, which is, yeah, I mean... Also important. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my number eight is number five all-time in scoring for the Wild, a guy who was there for their conference final trip, Andrew Brunette. Okay. 321 points in 489 games. Uh, I remember, what, like, Andrew Brunette, when he was on the Wild, like, this is this memory is a little faint because it's, you know, whatever, like 16 years old is my memory. And uh, I remember him, though, going there and being given more defensive responsibility because they played the trap and and he really had to buy into this system. And, and he was he was coming from the Atlanta Thrashers. He had had a couple good seasons and he comes to the Minnesota Wild and he actually played for the Wild twice. He, he was on the Wild for from 01 to 04 and then he left for Colorado. He had his best season with the Avalanche. Uh, but then he comes back to the Minnesota Wild for another three years. And I just think one of those guys is just always solid. You could count on him for 20 goals pretty much every year. You know, the years where he didn't get 20 goals, pretty darn close. Uh, but always put up good numbers. But more importantly was consistently given the role to, like, shut down players. I mean, he was a, he was a winger, uh, but he was kind of that, like, a little more defensive type of winger. So Yeah. Uh, and and Poor on man's a team that, Stone. That, you know, in the best playoff year of this team's existence, uh, he was a, a determining factor in, in helping this team uh, get there. And, you know, he had he had that one he had 13 points in 18 games. And for a, a team that wasn't scoring many goals, that's pretty good. I think that Anaheim, like in that series, I think every game was like one nothing, two to one. Wow. I have to go look that up. Yeah, I don't remember that series at all. Um, to be quite honest, I don't remember Brunette that much either. That's why he didn't make my list. All right. <clears throat> All right, moving on to my number seven, uh, Michael Granlin. You talked about him a little bit, and uh, I'm going to talk about him now. All right, so do it up. Yeah, Granlin, uh, unfortunately, will not be playing for the Wild uh, anytime soon. He's hanging out in Nashville right now. Can't can't really blame him. That's going to be pretty sweet setup for him. I don't know how long he'll he'll hang out there though. They got a lot of uh, a lot of holy con- balls. They scored <laughs> one goal in four games. <laughs> it was one nothing, two nothing, four nothing, two to one. Wow. Reminiscence of the New York Islanders from last season. All right. Holy <laughs> smokes. They lost one to nothing in double overtime in game one, and they decided to make a goaltending switch. What? No, he had Fernandez had to get hurt. No, I don't he, think he did. Really? 
Oh man! I don't think he did. You, you, that would be the stupidest thing ever. Unbelievable! Stupidest thing. Pretty crazy. I, I, I'm gonna move on from this because it's only gonna make me mad. Uh, yeah, Granlin. He's he's a guy who, you know, slowly but surely became, I think, a player that Minnesota expected him to. Um, you know, back in 16, 17, putting up 70 points in 81 games. Uh, however, you know, he followed it up with a, another 67 point season, but just slowly didn't really get any better, right? He it, it almost seemed like he plateaued, and I think that's what maybe prompted Minnesota to move him, um, you know, although I don't really understand why because Koivu's, you know, going downhill. He's getting older, and so, you know, who's your number one center at this point? But that's another discussion, so they decided to move him, and, and Granlin, you know, smartly can play on the wing, can play center. He can, he can play anywhere in your lineup, and I think he's still a quality top six forward. Uh, so Nashville's got a got a nice little piece there. We'll see what they do. But for me, I think during his his tenure, he was he was very productive for a team that never really was known for scoring goals. All right, um, my number seven is Matt Dumba. Okay, who, uh, could be. I think he will be higher on this list when all is said and done. I didn't have him higher on my list because I think that the players ahead of him have established themselves. They've been there for a while, or they were there for a while, and uh, I I think. In three years, we'll say, I mean, I'd say already he's the best defenseman to ever play for the Minnesota Wild. I think he's better than Ryan Suter. Maybe. I think, I, I think he's better in than Ryan In four Suter. years, we can I think say right that. Right now, but he's better than Ryan Suter. I will take Matt Dumber right now, right now on my Stanley Cup attempt over Ryan Suter. Right now. I, ooh, I, I mean, I, I could flip a coin, but I, I don't think there's. Like, if we're me, talking a healthy Ryan Suter. Healthy Ryan Suter versus a healthy... I don't know. Matt I think Dumba. that I'm the IQ, I think Ryan Suter's just so much better at it, and he's just a, a better shutdown guy. Now, Doombai will give the nod in terms of offensiveness to, I think he's got a little bit more foot speed. He can move the puck uh, just as well, I think, as Ryan Suter can now. But, yeah, I don't know. That, that's tough. Maybe in a couple of years, I'll definitely now, maybe, agree with you. Are we talking Ryan Suter at 25? I'm going to take no, Ryan I'm Suter. No, I'm talking right but, now. Yeah, right now, I'm, I still I'm like, going to take... Yeah, I still like Suter. Okay. I, he's definitely not top 10 well don't worry Suter will appear higher on my list uh, but, <laughs> i know but dumba is my number seven okay uh well moving on my number six pierre mark bouchard okay number yeah. three all-time scoring leader for this team which is just crazy to think just just a little under 350 points and that's number three on your all-time but again his team's only been around since 2000 so yeah he played for them from 2002 until 2013 and uh never his best season was 63 points. Uh, never put up more than 20 goals. He did that once. So, uh, you know, that was, yes, longevity-wise. Yeah. He, he's been there. Second, th- third or fourth most games, right? Uh, he's probably up there a little bit higher. Up there. Honestly. Uh, he's fourth, fourth all-time in games played. All right, there you go. Yeah, not, I mean, what, he retired, just stopped playing pretty quick, I think. Did he go overseas? He, he ended up going to the Islanders, and then he played in the AHL, actually. Yeah, like, that's for, for, uh, okay. for a year. And yes, he did go overseas. He went to uh, EV Zug. I don't know what, NLA. I don't know what league that is. I think that's a so. Swedish elite league. Okay. It's one of those Swedish Liga leagues. Or something. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I mean, he was still he was a quality guy. He was never like the best guy on the team at any point, but he Well, was, I think they thought he'd be a lot better. I oh, he absolutely. Was eighth overall pick. Yeah. I, I I definitely think they expected him to be better, and I still would be okay with what I got at, you know, at 8 overall. I mean, 
Hell, I'm sure there were probably a few more other picks around that time that were probably pretty bad. I'll, I want to look that yeah, up. Yeah, there now, but. really were very few players to come later. I mean, that that was the Rick Nash year. Oh yeah, and uh, I mean, yeah, I guess they could they they had their shot at. Uh, I mean, in fairness, the Panthers took at number nine Peter Tatechek, who played three, <laughs> three games, games in the NHL and had no points. Uh, Eric Nystrom, Keith Ballard, not a bad player. Uh, Alexander Semen for the Caps, and then really you're like you're looking for the next best guy. It was Alex Steen at twenty four. Yeah, you can go one spot down. You got a guy who just retired today, signed a one day contract. Cam Ward retiring with the Hurricanes. Yes, yes, I did see that. So yeah, I think that uh, Duncan Keith at fifty four. Oh which, yeah, well, which I mean, in fairness, everyone missed on him twice. Yeah, yeah twice. So yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's not necessarily their fault, but yeah. But I think the production you got out of a guy, even with a first round pick, you're still happy with. And I, granted, you're probably right; they wanted more out of this guy, and um, you know maybe everybody else did too. And but unfortunately, just didn't really pan out. And I think tail end of his career we kind of you know saw it going down and that's when you you see trades and AHL yeah. stuff going on so here's a here's a random thing for it. okay 2002 the red wings drafted someone that is still on the red wings who is it yeah i know he was the last pick mr irrelevant <laughs> <laughs> i hate that fact uh, John uh, Erickson, this everybody. is going to be his last season thing if he even gets to play at all because I can't believe they didn't buy. Well, the only reason they didn't buy them out was because they're not going to be that good. No, they're yeah, exactly. It's it's wasted money yeah. that's going to burn your cap years a couple years from now. Yeah. So let him play out his last con last year this year, if he gets to play at all. I mean, maybe he might send see twenty. The, 30 send years. him to Grand Rapids. Yeah, twenty save or thirty. The, games. Save the nine hundred thousand in cap space. Uh, yeah. <gasps> six. So my number six is Eric Stahl. Wow. Okay. Did he make your list? He didn't make my list. Yeah. I thought about putting him on my list, but. Uh, I mean, it, it is funny. He is actually up there, I think, for number four or five in terms of points he's, per game. He's number four in points per game, yes. Yeah, he's been very productive since he got there, and I don't think the Wild have ever had, um, I guess, I, w- I don't want to say a center with his ability, but a center who has had the type of production he's had in his career. Sure. So, sure. like Miko Koivu, while he's probably a, a better center for the Wild in terms of career, Never really had that offensive output that Eric Stahl had at any point in his career. So yeah, I'm pretty confident that he had. Um, yeah, he has the best season for goals for a while. Like that 42 goal season. I believe Gabrick scored 42 goals twice for the Wild, but that ties the best season uh, in terms of goals. Yeah, I just. I mean, I think that his last three, his three years there, has warranted him being up here this high because I think he'll he'll probably go do it again. He's had this resurgence. You know, they they haven't had any luck in the playoffs, and that's just kind of the rest of the team. I mean, obviously that franchise is in disarray. Yeah, if there if there is one franchise that I think maybe three years ago that you'd go, who's in like pretty good shape? Like who could who could do some things? You say, well, the Wild would be in there. Like they're going to be underrated. Like they've got some good guys and. You know, maybe this, maybe Eric Stahl can rejuvenate his career. They and it sneakily out. would get in the playoffs every yeah. year. Yeah, and then they just Paul Fenton blew it up. <laughs> maybe the worst trade. Like I can't think of very many worse trades than that Nito Niederreiter for Victor S. Did you hear that the the Hurricanes in this offseason right now were planning on buying him out right now? Eric Stahl. No, they were planning oh, on buying out Victor, Victor Rask. Rask. Oh. And instead, the 
Paul Fenton called the Hurricanes and said, "Hey, we're interested in in uh, Victor Rask. Are you, are you? Would you want Nino Niederreiter?" And they said, "Yeah, yeah. And why would Paul you not Fenton say?" Paul Fenton was apparently walking around bragging about the fact that he made a pure hockey trade, play a one player. for one. Oh my gosh! And people are like, "You should have gotten guy who never should have been a GM. Dude, terrible. Should have never. I mean, granted, the have Ryan you heard did, that whole story. No." No, I haven't. Oh I mean, gosh, the Donato trade looks okay so far, but yeah, yeah, that one looks. Whether okay. it'll pan out long term, you don't really know. But I mean, now you don't. You have a team now that really Eric Stahl is going to be your number one center basically next year. Someone, I think it was, someone wrote this this like super intense, hard hitting piece on like basically all these sources from within the organization that said Paul Fenton was awful, like treated people terribly he came in hired his son as head of scouting like all these things <laughs> like the things that you're like you know i mean you don't go in and i mean he fired all these different people and moved people around and yeah, it was just a bad situation but my um, goodness so yes uh, our number five is that yeah we're at, we're at five? five yeah we're at number five uh, yeah i I'll, I'll take take the lead on this one uh second all-time in wins and I think probably the best goaltender in terms of talent this team's ever had. Absolutely. Devin Dubnik. He's also my number five. All right. Yep. Beautiful. Yeah. Sitting uh, only 29 wins behind Nicholas Backstrom for all time. Uh, and I do think he will likely pass it. Well, I don't actually, I can't say that for certain because he got 31 wins last year. And I think the rest of Central's getting much better around him. And the Wild have not done anything to improve. So can't say for certain he will actually pass that this year. So maybe. Yeah, but it's, it's possible. It's possible, but I mean, this. I mean, there's no denying the talent. And I think if the Wild have any shot at making the playoffs or being a bubble team, it's going to be because of Devin Dubnik is going to steal a bunch of games. Yep. yep. Yeah. He's. Uh, I mean, he had the he had the one year where he came to Minnesota late in the year, 39 games, and he won 27 of them, and there was was fourth in heart voting. He won the Masterton Trophy because remember he was on Edmonton and he was supposed to be a really good goaltender in the. Never was good for Edmonton. I wonder why. Hmm. That's where players go to die. That's crazy. <laughs> Boy, Jesse Poyarvi, you should just stay in Finland until <laughs> they trade you or something. I will. Um, well, okay, so you're, our, both our number four is Devin Dubnik. My number, no, my number five, five. Sorry. Yeah. Same. Number five. Uh, my number four is the aforementioned Ryan Suter. Okay. Probably at this point. Is I have the, met number three. Is the best defenseman to have played for this organization. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, he's the highest scoring defenseman to play for the organization. He's seventh all time in scoring, and uh, if he can regain his health back and like actually come back, be healthy, not get injured, I think this team, you know, even though it looks like they're down and out, they did have a lot of pretty serious injuries last year. Like Matt, Matt Dumba, Ryan Suter, your top two defensemen are out. What team can sustain that? Sure, so it's completely understandable. So yeah, but Ryan Suter, what he—I mean, what he can do in terms of like the amount of minutes played is outrageous. Yeah, no one touches that in the league yeah. every year, and I don't know how he does it too because he's not—I mean, he doesn't have to be quick on his feet. So right, you you kind of save a little bit of energy doing that. He's just so smart in every other area. Yeah. You know, he just keeps himself fresh, and he'll be in Minnesota until two thousand and forty-one so. or something. <laughs> oh my God! Same with the other guy who's number four on my list, Zach Parise. We just had him flipped. We uh, did. Rize at number three. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. It's both these guys coming in there, right? I, I remember as a Wings fan, 
right? I know Ken Holland was very big on trying to get both these guys yep. in here in Detroit. Yep. He was willing to give them the... I even think at one point he offered Zach Parise, or no, it was Ryan Suter, more money. I think he was going to offer him like $10 million a season. Um, good thing he didn't. Good thing he didn't. Although not necessarily because it's not like it made a big difference. No, not at all. But... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I I would say good thing he didn't for either one of these guys because, you know, the wings are already in cap hell as it is, let alone, well, then maybe then again, we wouldn't have Ablocator or Helm signed to these deals either if he had, you know, wasted they that money. have been able to. Yeah. Uh, anyways, but yeah, Parise's health has been a big question, obviously same as Suter's. And I think um, when I when I look at these two guys and I, I kind of have to decide, like, which one would I rather have on the ice in a crucial time, you know, overtime or three on three situation where you, you know, got to score that next goal, I would take Ryan Suter all day long over Zach Breezy. Okay. At this point, anyways. Right. So yeah, that's fair. Maybe more of an impact because of how much he plays. That's right. fair. Uh, I, I think that when Parise came in, I, I think largely he's been a disappointment. Yeah, you know, considering the hype, I think, and the, right. the money they spent. Term and and, and the year the year before he left New Jersey, New Jersey went to the Stanley Cup final. Remember they played the LA Kings and he was unreal in that like that even I remember watching New Jersey Devils games down the stretch and he was just he was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean granted he only put up fifteen points in those twenty four games, but just his impact on the ice was so large. Yeah. Like he and Kovalchuk in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. For the, for the Devils. Yeah, he and Kovalchuk. Kovalchuk had the points, but both of them, just anytime they're on the ice, they made a difference. Like, it yeah. wasn't a question. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, because there's not other players that have played for this team, Zach Parise in our top five. All right. Uh, number two is? Koivu. Miko Koivu. Okay. Yeah, I so have you have Marion Gabrick at number one? I do. All right. I actually have them flipped. Okay. I, That's I, fair. I, I know that you know Gabbert, Gabbert has put up far more goal, almost double the amount of goals in terms of uh, goals per game. Actually, more than double, and uh, the points per game are relatively close. I just think a guy that captained this team for so long and has been there, essentially, I mean, he is the Minnesota Wild in some respects. Uh, he really embodies them. You know, he's mediocre, just good enough. And uh, plays good defensive hockey. And there's the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, I, I mean, I won't disagree with you there. Uh, yeah, when you do think of Minnesota, right, he is one of those guys that you think about. And I think my my fondest memory of Gabrick as a Wild player was when he was going in on a breakaway head down and Dominic Hasek came out and basically just like slid feet first into him. And you see Gabrick just do a 360 flip in the air and gets a pen. And technically... I don't think that should have been a penalty, but it was just, it was so funny. And uh, yeah, that's, that's my fondest memory of Gabrick as a wild player. But to me, the offensive production that he had, uh, had he not, you know, maybe went to New York and stayed around, you know, maybe Minnesota would have had a little bit more success, but unfortunately, no. Yeah. And uh, he, he had some injury problems too. Like 08, 09, he only played 17 games. Uh, So yeah, some of his production slowed by some injuries. He played uh, 48 games in 06, 07, 65 in 05, 06, 65 in 03, 04. So ne- he never played a full season for the Minnesota Wild, other than, other than 181. Which technically isn't a full season. Technically not. Technically. I'll give it to him. <laughs> Maybe he had a you know an itchy bum hole or something. <laughs> Is that a reason to miss wow. a game? Um, I Maybe. It could be. Depends sure. on how itchy it is. Uh, anyways, holy shit. Well, getting off the rail yeah, real that's, quick. That's going. 
well, that's our list. There you go. Minnesota Wild. Koivu, 1-2. Gabrick, who should be there? Tell us. Tell us what you think. Fight us. Let's go. Um, I think because we talked about them on the show, uh, this this particular episode, uh, we, we have talked about them before on the show, but I think we should do the Carolina Hurricanes next. Okay. That's that's my pick for uh, one of the teams that we do next. Okay. And uh, I'll go west in a team that maybe has a little relationship with Minnesota, and we'll do Dallas. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we'll do some Dallas slash Minnesota North Stars, Dallas Stars action. Uh, along with the Carolina Hurricanes. And with that, we uh, we will bid you a farewell, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Hit us up on Twitter, at OT Hockey Talk, and uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button, share it with people. Uh, we appreciate you always sharing uh, episodes with friends, and uh, that's how we grow our show. That's how we get better, and, uh, yeah, looking forward to almost here regular season and we got some new some new branding coming out we do so look for that it's uh it'll be be here before you know it for the start of the season uh it won't be this uh totally garbage graphic for the podcast that i made no i i paid somebody yes yeah you did and not on fiverr either (laughs) yes that's that's when you know it'll be good so all right guys we'll talk to you